Welcome back to another unacceptable episode of the Burning the Eden oh. podcast. I'm Mel, your favorite big titty heathen. And I'm Bav, your suave, smooth, spicy Satanist. So, Mel, mm-hmm. did you see that our friend Nerd made a finger-sized puppet of Baffy? I did. It's so cute <laughs> and convenient. I want to commission him to make a pocket-sized version of us. Oh, my gosh. Would he use cotton balls for your tits? I mean, I don't care what he uses. As long as they're, like, detachable, that's, like, my dream. Do you have detachable tits? Fuck yeah. Like, my back hurts. Like, they're heavy as shit. What you need is support. I agree. Uh, I, I have two hands. Beth, you're going to need more than two hands. Does my mouth count? <laughs> you would look like a goddamn hamster with those cheeks that full. Oh, my God. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe one day. Uh, on this episode, we have the honor of speaking with the amazing Arden Hart. Woo, what is up, Arden? Oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to our shit show. It was an amazing <laughs> intro. I, I'll never lose the image of um, uh, Titty in mouth being like a hamster with full amazing. <laughs> Like a chipmunk. It's a chipmunk. Oh no. Artist, we really. Or a titmunk. T- God, titmunk. leave. Leave. You need to leave. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I tend to be a little punny sometimes. Oh, God. Please excuse him. He's... Oh yeah, yeah. Mel loves puns, by the Shut way. The fuck up. <laughs> you know any puns? She she's the best. She, oh, she just loves them. I'll keep my eye out throughout the oh, show. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, we thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, yes. But before we get into the nitty gritty, per tradition, we would love the guest to read the Bible verse of the day. So what do you have for us, Arden? All right. So I'm coming at you from Proverbs uh, chapter 6, verses 20 to 29. Mm-hmm. Oh, sounds very holy. Son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall mm. keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is a light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lest not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means mm. of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for his precious life. Can a man take the fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon the hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever touches her, shall not be innocent. (sighs) Holy shit! (laughs) Really, it was just about the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. That that was the whole reason I did the I was going to say, I heard something, something bread, and I'm like, give me bread and I'll show you what you want. Like, I will give you what you want. Bread and cheese, and I'm on my knees. Oh my god, I'm rhyming. Oh wow, oh my god. <laughs> Wasn't ready for that. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, amen. amen. Well, that was that was a, a sexy Bible verse. It was. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Wow. You know, wow. I really I just love the, the, the idea of like a, a woman just with her whorishness can bring a man to be like a piece of bread and that she's going to hunt for the precious life of him. I'm like, yes, that is, that's like my whole that's, persona. Yes, that is a dream. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, yes, please. 
But you know, she was dressed like a slut. Of course, she she had it coming, right? Um, naturally, that's naturally. the mentality. Yes. True. Um, yeah, yeah. Those those long uh, smocks. Damn, damn it. Them. <laughs> the way I see it is, um, she wasn't asking for it. You were thinking like a rapist. Yeah. There you go. Yep. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. So, um. We would love to know your religious uh, background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. dun, dun, dun. Oh, my so God. So, I have a soundboard. <laughs> uh, so, I, I grew up in a, like, small rural town in northern Vermont, which, like, most uh-huh. people, when they hear Vermont, they're like, oh, so, like, you guys go down to the corner store and you, like, light a joint with Bernie Sanders and, like, you make power crowns <laughs> for each other. But oh. actually... <laughs> Outside of like the one city in the whole state of Vermont, it's pretty conservative. Um, oh, very, really? Yeah, I, I, my, my town was very. Um, so technically, we were a Church of God, but mm. we practiced like Pentecostals. Um, so I don't oh. really know ever how to like express our denomination. So just usually I'm like, yep, Church of God, but we were like basically Pentecostals. Uh, what is the Church of God? What? Uh, okay, so I've heard different things. Um, mm. Uh, I've heard there are some uh, sects that practice that way. Um, I've heard there are some okay. that practice more like Baptists that are like very against music and tongues and stuff. But we we were definitely we were about the the charisma, you know, the speaking in tongues. There was uh, we're all about that tongue, huh? yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was it's actually funny too. For literally like my whole life up until maybe I was like eighteen or nineteen, I didn't know that they were speaking in tongues. I legit thought that they were speaking in like hebrew or greek or something oh no yeah oh, okay I, I was like what this is some ancient language i've never fucking heard like, what do I know? Like, like how do you know like no like you know you yeah know. and that's so outside the realm of like normalness that i think my brain just was like no it's definitely got to be a language you just don't know but yeah it took somebody from a different church in the area commenting on it for me to be like oh my god <laughs> It all came crashing down. Uh, no, they're all making it up. Huh? <laughs> Wait a minute, <laughs> it's gibberish. <laughs> but yeah, uh, weirdly enough, my family wasn't actually super religious themselves. Um, uh-huh. Like my my uh, mom's side, my grandmother, they always went to this church, uh, but they t- didn't take it very seriously. Like my mom was kind of a party girl when she was younger, so <laughs> nice. they like. They just kind of like did their own thing and just went to church because they thought it would make them a good person, I guess. Um, yeah. Brownie yeah. uh, point. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, I know my uh, my dad was never like really religious, but my, my mom was able to convince him to send me to this private Christian school in our area. Oh, and uh, it was kind of like, I won't, I won't say maybe necessarily run by the church I went to, but um, a lot of the parish happened to be staff there. So the, mm. the teachings are very similar. Um, so yeah, my first like seven years of school were basically like church every single day. It's kind of how I think about it. Like Yikes. we had Bible class every day, every day at the beginning of the day, we did like a little worship session, uh, singing about how awesome Jesus is. And on Wednesdays we had like a pastor come in for chapel, a local pastor to like make us all sit there for an hour. So Oof. yeah, it was, it was pretty heavy. There was a lot of Bible reading. There was some, and it was very like, a. uh, uh uh, what's the word fundamentalist approach uh, to the bible oh, wow. right like it wasn't even though it was a religious school it wasn't like they were like 
yeah, but like, you know, if you hug each other and you're all friends, it's good. Like, it was like, no, you're going to fucking die in hell if you. Oh my God. Like, no. Yeah. Was, they were not, they Damn. were not shy about laying it on thick with us. So, yeah. So question, did they teach uh, science at all? Yes. But um, they also taught us bullshit all the time in science uh-huh. class. Uh, oh wow! We got like uh, I'm sure I, I remember in first grade my my teacher quote quoted Ray Comfort uh, with the whole fucking oh, banana no. bowl. No, not the banana. <laughs> I don't know if this is also Ray Comfort. I heard this from an apologist before, but it's the like if a tornado goes through a, a like a junkyard, it could leave behind a fully functional 747 fighter jet. God, we got told it. evolution was uh, less likely than that happening. Oh um, God. Yeah, so, like, we got taught science, I guess, but, like, I had never heard of Bill Nye when I got to public school, and people would, like, oh, were, like, no. obsessing wow. over him, and I was, right. like, who? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I went to a Catholic school in Peru, and there were Bible classes as well, but there was also science, so it was pretty interesting how in one class I'm learning about biology and shit like that, like, looking in the microscope, learning about evolution, but then the next class, I'm learning about the fucking Noah's Ark. Right, right. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, but so over here, it sounds like they definitely stuck to the Bible stories as truth, and it was very ingrained. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fundamentalist. We, I mean, that sucks. <laughs> I remember, like, my, uh, my non-religious dad, like, he's kind of a piece of shit, but, like, if he ever did one good thing... <laughs> Uh, okay. he like went and told off one of my teachers when I was in elementary school because uh, they told us that like Noah lived to be 900 or whatever and I went home and I was like holy shit dad did you ever know that like people used to live to be fucking 900 years old oh, no. he was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like excuse me I have to go talk to your teacher so yeah like they did definitely commit full to the full to the bit they were just like yep whatever it says that's it and if you had questions it was like Nope, just go back to the Bible. So yep, Oof. yep, yep, yeah. Yep. You can't ask questions. No, they don't like that. No, <laughs> but yeah, oh that, that was God. that was probably like most of the like religious upbringing that I had. I uh, I, I, I around like middle school, I like I think a lot of things were going on. I think I started to realize for one that I was like maybe trans or gay or queer or something was going on with me mm-hmm. and. Uh, I also like, like, uh, well, now I know I'm bisexual, but I also liked mm-hmm. girls and I really wanted to date. And I was like, you could mm-hmm. not do that when I was in like middle school at private school. So I was like, mm-hmm. hey, can I uh, get transferred to public school so I can like oh, be around wow. people who like are my age and aren't going to be like telling me that I'm going to burn in hell and stuff. And uh, wow. I think I just slowly kind of after I left, started to think of God as kind of the way like santa was like mm. i just kind of like i don't know i was growing out of it it was uh it stopped making sense to me i you did... came to the age of reason <laughs> yeah I, or at least i was starting to be able to be like i don't know i don't see the difference between like i would pray you know all the time and like nothing would happen uh-huh. and it was kind of right. like i'm starting to feel like i'm just an idiot here talking to myself so like gotcha yeah I did get into like woo briefly uh, as a teenager, but yeah, I, I my, my uh, the Christianity didn't hold uh, very well. It, it faded away pretty quickly, believe it or not. Well, I'll, I'll say the the belief in God faded quickly. I think there's mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff that I carried with me with baggage, probably still even now. Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
but yeah, I think the the core of it was probably like over and done with by the time I was in middle school, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh. So you did you like ask your parents, can I be transferred to public school? And they started like, okay, just like that. Or was there a fight? <laughs> um, I, I don't know if there was so much of a fight. I think my parents are really worried. I think maybe in part because I was so obviously fucking like not straight um, mm. that my parents were like, well, okay, you can go gotcha. to public school, but like you might get fucking bullied. Mm. <laughs> and that was kind of like they were i will say they did like police bullying really hard at private school because there was like three of us in the classroom so it was easier to do but um <laughs> yeah i i didn't i mean i did get bullied pretty badly in public school but my when i went to middle school it actually wasn't that bad for the first year um yeah so okay. they were they were really worried about that and it was ironically like that took longer to set in that didn't become an issue until like down the road right um but yeah, it, it wasn't so much of a fight. They were they were kind of like upset, I think, maybe a little disappointed. But uh, I mean, we still ha I still have those conversations with my mom now uh, that she, my niece, the nephew still go to that school. Uh, oh. And like, I'll, I'll tell my mom all the time, like, hey, you know, I still deal with fucking baggage from shit that, that I, I learned at that school. Like, doesn't it bother yeah. you that your grandkids are going to that school and like they're they're going to have shit that they carry with right. them forever? Right. And she's like, I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a good school. And I'm like, mm. okay. I mean, uh. all right. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things, you know, like how, how much do you force that? Like you can't right. force people right. in a conversation they don't want to have. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look at you making people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <God>. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> what, in your opinion, what is the most toxic part of Christianity? Do you think? Oof. Ah. Oh, God. Um, well, I, I feel like it, it's really got to be like the the restrictions on people's autonomy that like mm. doesn't yep. actually affect, like it doesn't cause harm. Uh, I, I don't know. There, I'm trying to think of something that's like broad enough or narrow. I like, yeah, I, I think. You mean like purity culture kind of? Kind of, yeah. Like. I mean, that's pretty much it, isn't it? I guess that transcends into, like, a lot of other things, too. Because it's, like... Right. Like, not being able to, yeah, like, to, like, fuck who you want or, like, how you want or to, mm -hmm. like, express yourself how you want. Like, somehow those things offend God, even though they hurt literally nobody. I think, yeah. right. I think those are things that I still carried with me for a long time. Like, a lot of shame. Like, expressing mm -hmm. myself was, like, yeah. embarrassing almost. Like, oh, like, people don't like that when you, like honestly express who you are like don't do that keep that the you know god wants people who are like i don't know modest or whatever and so yeah i think uh at least for me maybe those like more restrictive things that like kind of teach you to like cage your authentic self rather right. than like exactly like evaluating like oh does this actually like hurt anyone or like if does this make me happy like rather than actual important things that like will help you in your life it's like be hung up about this thing that doesn't actually matter at all. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, religion doesn't want you to be an individual. They don't. They don't want you to thrive. They want you to be like a robot, basically. You know, uh, be a slave, basic. a mental slave. <laughs> Did yeah. you say be basic? Be basic. <laughs> <laughs> a basic bitch. <laughs> 
I mean, look, if that's what God wants, he's got that covered, okay? I just yeah, want to be able to, like, have my tits out from time to time. Listen. <laughs> Cover up, woman. <laughs> I still want my Starbucks coffee. I just want to, like, do it with lots of cleavage, okay? There you You're go. preaching to the choir. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um. So you said that you were, you knew that you were, or you were, uh, thinking about new already when you were younger that you were either gay or trans or somewhere in between how how was that growing up how was that experience for you yeah I think I think uh, like kind of relating to the purity culture thing like mm-hmm. I um I think it was very made very clear to me very early on like exactly what the rules were for like mm-hmm. what kind of person you could be and what you couldn't um I, I definitely remember uh multiple situations or like we, we had a christmas thing called red and green day at this private christian school where hmm. you'd show up in red and green on the one day year you didn't have to wear a uniform or like one of a couple days mm-hmm. and uh i painted my nails my cousin painted my nails and i was like super excited about it and i like flashed my hands down in like a very like stereotypically gay way like mm-hmm. i was really showing it off with all my pride and yeah both a teacher and my dad made sure to tell me like how fucked up that was. And I remember being mm. policed about like the length of my hair oh, multiple times. And I-, I think it just became very clear to me that like, okay, while I like to hang out with the girls and I wish I could do the things that they did. It, it was like super clear, super early on, like, Oh, but I'm, I'm supposed to be a boy and I'm supposed to do the boy things. And, um, I think for a long time, it was kind of like a, like the reasoning I, I've used is that like I knew trans people and gay people were bad and those, they were like mm. sinners. And I was like, well, I'm not a sinner. So mm-hmm. whatever I'm dealing with, it must not be that stuff. Cause oh, like that wouldn't make sense. Right. Right. So yeah, I think that was kind of like maybe like where a lot of those feelings started. It was like, it, it's hard to, tease a lot of that apart and I also think mm-hmm. for a long time like a lot of trans people that I like didn't really know that I was like technically a boy at the time or whatever like mm-hmm. right like I, I think I genuinely thought like oh I'm gonna hit puberty and then like boobs and long hair and then like when that didn't start happening and it was like oh my voice is getting deeper or whatever it was like oh fuck yeah that's a uh, now it's kind of like all of those things that were like confusing little stories that i didn't understand or whatever came like crushing in all at one time shit yeah <laughs> that's rough yeah were, were your parents accepting um so my mom was my mom has always always been like my number one champion i okay. love her to death that, that's why i'm always kind of like it's weird that she was the more religious one because she's also been the one that's been way more cool mm. um, interesting yeah uh my dad will always sell this line of like i just want you to be happy but uh (laughs) usually that's paired with but but i like don't believe it or i don't get like or he's said a number of awful things that we Mm. can or can't or yeah i'm fine to talk about but uh sparing like every nitty-gritty detail yeah no not so much from my dad's side uh uh gotcha yeah but it, the honestly the worst of it came from like my peers at the time um mm. yeah i came out at about 14 i think was the first time so okay. 
Okay. Yeah, my story is also kind of weird. I don't know if you, if you, either of you have watched any of the other things I've talked about it on, but we can get into it. It's nice yeah. and juicy and complicated. <laughs> if if you want, I mean, it's, it's up to you. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. We love to hear everything, anything yes. you want to tell us. Yes. <laughs> so, and if you, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So basically, I came out at like fourteen to my mom. I had realized for like a year or two that I think I had like finally been like you know, in public school and kind of like allowed to hear new conversations been on the internet and stuff. So I was kind of like, okay, I think I finally understand all the stuff that I've been dealing with is that I'm trans. And I uh, brought it up to my mom, uh, champion that she is. She was like, I don't know what the fuck to do. So I'm going to get you a therapist who's going to know what to do, oh. Uh, oh, wow. which was awesome. Super badass of her. Yes. Um, totally. Uh, we started taking slow steps which back at the time the standards were a little bit different um you had to like live as a gender for some time before you could get treatment um oh yeah the the Mm. gatekeeping was a lot more intense um and you had to like Mm. perform gender like stereotypically in a lot of ways too in order to get care at the time uh but um so we kind of started like I started just kind of like growing my hair out and painting my nails and like just doing slow things. And this was while I was a freshman in high school. Um, mm-hmm. Then I uh, took some time off of uh, I-, I was like homeschooled for a year. And uh, while well, I kind of went through transition stuff and I went to school part time uh, at the same high school and the bullying kind of was the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Oh. Uh, yeah, it, it initially didn't come from, I mean, I'm sure like it was a very Christian area. So I'm sure a lot of them had religious kind of baggage that caused them to act the way they did. But um, right, right. yeah, I got a, yeah, like death threats every day for like a year. Gosh. Uh, it was pretty terrible. I never actually got my ass kicked, which somehow blows my mind. I still look <laughs> back on that and I'm like, man, I remember kids were beating each other's ass all the time in school. And I somehow avoided yeah. that. Wow. Um, cool. But uh I uh basically like my whole life I felt like fell apart because it was like I was just getting bullied and harassed and like every day at school felt like I was kind of like my life was at risk in some way. Mm-hmm. Um and so I decided to detransition at the age of 17. So that was like no two and a half years after transitioning. Um and believe it or not, while this is actually it is kind of rare, it's about like seven I've seen different studies somewhere between six to 7% of trans people at one point or another will like de transition one way. Mm-hmm. And then often um, the majority of that population will actually retransition again later in life, which is what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. A very small portion will like detransition and then just like say like, no, I was actually cis the whole time I made a mistake. But right. yeah, for, for me, it was, uh, uh, yeah, I just, it was like being trans is so fucking hard. I was like, shit, if, if this oh, is, yeah. If this is what being your authentic self is, like, losing all these people who are supposed to care about you, like, maybe I should just say fuck it and, like, just, like, whatever. Like, it's going to suck being a man, but, like, at least all of this awful stuff. Yeah, I'll be accepted. I'll be safe. Like, I won't have to fear for my safety. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. So, uh, that was, like, 17. I was just about done high school that I uh, decided to try to undo everything um yeah and uh i went to college and i tried to like erase who i was i was like because mm. I, I grew up in a small town right so like even if i detransitioned, there's no situation where i was going to meet someone 
and they were going to like, like when you live in a city, if you meet someone like often, like they don't know anything about you. They don't know any of your family. It's a blank slate, right? That did not exist there. Um, Yep. So I was really looking forward to being able to like start over. And um, I I tried really hard (laughs) for (laughs) my college career. I tried really hard to be a man. I, uh, I even cringy. All right. Like brace yourself. You might like, hit your head on something from the cringe oh, no. i uh i joined a fraternity oh no kappa sigma wow. uh no. oh. <laughs> um, <Jesus> christ <laughs> this is the cringiest thing you've said so far it is it really is <laughs> oh no we have the bar set now it's like it's like the story everyone wants to hear but it is it is the cringiest for sure oh uh, my god were you calling people bro oh yeah we were doing like oh, the no. dab handshake and all that stuff Stop. I tried. I really tried. I I was like determined to be normal. Uh, But yeah, it kind of like fucked me up, man. Like I was like, I I was like having a, so like a a common symptom. It's not in like the DSM, but if you ask any trans person, they'll tell you this happens a lot. Um, Like dissociative uh, Mm -hmm. fugues, like kind of like brief little blips of like your, the dysphoria is so intense that like, you just check out of reality. Mm. Um, that happened to me a good handful of times to where I was like super fucking suicidal. Oh, also trigger warning. I don't know if you need me to like trigger warning people. Oh no, you're good. Uh, yeah. I, so I got super suicidal and there was like a period of like two years where I was like in and out of like inpatient stays and I was going to like support groups and I was trying a bunch of different medications to like, uh-huh. try to be okay and eventually uh after like five years of struggling about 22 i was, I was like about 22 23 this time i just realized like the problem was that i just fucking hated the fact that i was a trans woman like mm-hmm. i just fucking hated my own guts and i was a trans woman and although i tried to escape it tried to be normal it just it just wasn't gonna go away. It just was a fact about myself that I had to like learn to live with. So Yeah. Right. That was kinda like the next chunk of my life was just like learning to like be okay with that and like what what am I gonna do? Like, do I actually want to transition? Is that important to me? Like all... so that was kind of like uh I don't know, maybe like a year of me kinda like sorting stuff out and then mm-hmm. I yeah, and then I've been transitioning for like four and a half, almost five years now okay yeah fuck yeah being normal is overrated let me tell you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and who knew right who fucking knew that being a a, a, you know accepted or accepting yourself would actually improve your mental health who the the fuck knew (laughs) right i mean and that's why i think like i was kind of saying earlier like the God beliefs, I didn't hold on to that much, but like definitely uh-huh. the like what is and isn't normal or what is and isn't okay to be. I fucking like clearly held on to that for like well into my life. Like mm-hmm. I, I think even I like I tell people I, I host like the transatlantic call in show and people will call in all the time being like, oh, like I don't think there is anything wrong with trans people. But like when I uh, see a trans person, like, I can't help, like, I notice that I have, like, this visceral emotional reaction that, like, is either disgust or, like, discomfort or something. Mm. And, like, 
I, I think that that's so deeply ingrained in our culture because of religion in a lot of ways. And right. like, uh, yep. I think that's what I was going through, like towards myself. I was like, oh, when I look at those people, I think they're disgusting and freaky because that's what I was taught. And right. so when I'm looking in the mirror and seeing that in the mirror, like that's <sighs> that's how I would react to it, you know? Mm. Well, fuck. <laughs> Fucking religion. <laughs> Uh, you know, I come from a religious country. I, I am from Peru. Everyone there is basically Catholic by default, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of homophobia there. There's a lot of transphobia. And, and it's just, I guess you could say, normal in society to, to, to make fun of a person who's gay or who's trans. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in that and until I was 13 years old. So I get what you're saying when, you're, when you said that there's people that have this reaction you know it's almost it's involuntary you know because it's a product of what you grew up with and what you were indoctrinated and um we just gotta work on you know acknowledging those emotions and real asking yourself why do i feel this way like what what am i afraid of like what what is going on Mm. and deconstructing those toxic traits yeah we we love therapy here you know yes therapy is it's it's a must (laughs) Yeah, I, I was in, I've been in therapy for like, oh God. I mean, since actually since my mom like first. Uh, granted, there was like some periods of time where I I took therapy off, but like pretty much mm-hmm. since I was like fourteen, I feel like I've been in therapy because. Okay. I mean, yeah, the the self hating baggage is is real. Um, but I, yeah, I think it is interesting to kind of evaluate that way that like we're all taught right. because of religion to like look at other people with disgust in a lot of ways and like the way that that can reflect on how we value totally. ourselves when we're having like those negative self-talk moments oh, um yeah. but like a lot of that originates in those places where i'm like oh i think i'm gross because i was taught right. that these people are gross and i'm right. seeing exactly. myself and like that's fucked up nobody has to think that way like there's nothing inherently yeah. gross right. about like a i mean maybe there's something inherently gross about some people but uh, <laughs> like about, <laughs> about like being like a fucking like a queer person or whatever right, like right. you know well i'm inherently gross <laughs> i mean i agree I'm just well what you're mentioning is called internalization right you're internalizing mm. um something that comes from society in this case you know being transphobic or homophobic and the same thing comes with racism too there's Mm -hmm. internalized racism right like you're being told all your life that you are inferior and then you believe it yourself yeah you you start seeing that on yourself and and, and it's so so bad it's so bad (laughs) yeah i it's honestly too i i like the comparison because i think that um especially when it comes to like you know uh like more of like the focus of my activism and stuff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i i really wish that like um uh, other like groups of marginalized people would work together to, to more because i feel like so much of our struggle is rooted in the exact same fucking thing and we would mm-hmm. like all be liberated if we worked together a lot more but mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of uh and granted, some some infighting is justified. I don't mean to be like, uh, don't ever infight or whatever. Like, right, definitely right. call out your own side when it's necessary. But yes, yes. Like, uh, yeah, I, I do see a lot of people getting like so hung up, uh, like with other like marginalized people, because it's almost like they mm-hmm. think like if they get up the ladder, 
that they're going to be safe and that the only way to stay safe is to like kick the ladder down behind them and like not mm. like work together so that we right. all get up to the top. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. Mm. right. Oh, so you, you uh, said that uh, if, if, if people don't know, you host the uh, transatlantic show. Uh, do yeah. you want to tell us what, what uh, that show is and, and, and how long have you had the show? Uh, we started in, uh, I think it was March of last year. So March of 21. Oh, so it's okay. recent. Yeah. I didn't know. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, awesome. The idea was just kind of that, um, uh, the, my partner on that show, Katie, um, Montgomery, you may have seen her. She's been on like every atheist show now. She's awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah. She's the best lover. Um, we both were on, uh, one of the ACA shows, Secular Sexuality, about like a week apart. And then we just, we just kind of clicked. We became friends because we were watching each other's stuff for that. And the January of last year, she was like, Hey, what if we did like a, like an atheist experience, but for trans people? There uh, you go. <laughs> uh, and I was like super excited about it. Cause like she and I very much have the same approach of like, you can have a very like, uh, very pro-trans, uh, very ethical, uh, like, way of arguing for trans rights that is also, um, like, skeptical, uh, very, mm-hmm. like, empirically based. Uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of good evidence to, to believe that, you know, trans people are who they are and that uh, yeah. especially there's even more evidence to believe that giving trans people affirming care is, like, the best thing for them. And mm-hmm. right. since we were so aligned on that message, we were like, yeah, I think I think we probably could handle callers on this topic and we've both been i've always been an argumentative person and a bit of a know-it-all so <laughs> I, uh, so i was like and and i got my uh degree in psych so i, I was pretty good hey. at reading research oh um, sweet okay yeah so i was I, I loved reading like research papers and stuff like that so i just as i got into arguments on trans rights i was just like oh like i i have this whole like i've i've had this argument so many times that i uh I think maybe a lot of viewers of like the atheist experience or shows like that will recognize this feeling of like, I've heard every argument at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just a yeah. matter of how they bake it, you know, how they sell it to me. Right. Um, uh-huh. And so, yeah, it just, it just, it just made sense. Like uh, the, the conversations on trans rights are often really toxic and um, we wanted to provide a space where anyone could call in and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not necessarily know all the politically correct words Mm-hmm. Or maybe right. like if they had questions that like, like there's, there's sometimes it's a common thing for trans people that uh, people in our life will want to ask us personal questions, but mm-hmm. they'll be like aware that it's maybe kind of like a not appropriate question to ask a person. Right. Right. Um, right, right. So it was just kind of, we was like, we were like, I have always been willing to talk about these things. I've always had the spoons for it. I, I've always been like a, a activist type person. And um, awesome. I, uh, yeah, it was just like, well, if other people aren't doing it, why don't we do this? Like, bring the mm-hmm. create the format to start having these Heck conversations yeah. more. Exactly. Um, yeah, and it, it was uh, it's been pretty good so far. I think it was maybe less argumentative than we hoped. Like we we don't get a <laughs> we don't get those awesome clipped callers that often, where you're <laughs> right. like hanging up it's on them or whatever. It's very educational, right. gotta tell you. Yeah. But we you- yeah we do our best. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just wondering, like, have you had any callers be like, like, or do you have any callers that like argue against trans and what, what arguments do they have? I'm sure they do all against. the time. Oh yeah. You know, like, yeah. Like, I want to know, <laughs> like, 
Sure. I mean, there's a bunch of different arguments. I mean, you there we get calls on trans people in sports a lot. That that mm. is. A, I was gonna say that's the first thing that came right. up to my head. Yeah, that's you know? that's a very that's a nuanced conversation that like the, I definitely am so grateful that Katie is as passionate a uh, skeptic as I am because we were both able to like always approach these things with a lot of nuance. Um, right. Yeah, we get calls mm. on that. Uh, we get calls on like. Um, uh, trans people disclosing their trans status to potential partners a lot. Mm. That's a f- yes. I was listening to that episode not too long ago. Yeah, so I was looking for some stuff, you know, on you guys, and I found that one, and that was very interesting. I was going to the dentist, but <laughs> I, I listened to it in the parking lot, and yeah, I I really liked that one. Um, yeah, I- yeah. Go ahead and expand on that one a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so like yeah. a really common thing. Uh, a lot of usually men who are insecure about the fact okay well i I won't go that far i I was gonna be like insecure (laughs) about the fact that they totally love trans people um no uh a lot of cis men will call in and be like is it wrong if i'm dating someone and we get to like maybe where things are emotionally serious or maybe we're about to have sex or something and you haven't Uh yet disclosed your trans status and then you do is it wrong to withhold that information and yeah. Like the very gut reaction from a lot of men tends to be, yeah, that's wrong. I, I deserve to know if I'm dating a trans person because what if I don't want to date a trans person? Mm-hmm. And uh, our reaction, my or my, I should speak for myself, my reaction <laughs> has always been um, uh, trans people don't know you shit. And mm-hmm. dating right. is a process where you get to know someone. You get to know if you are compatible. That being right. said... I think obviously a relationship that starts off with honesty and like forthright, you know, like really showing yourself, you're going to have more success long-term like emotionally, but like uh, usually on the first date, you don't talk about the more intimate details of your life. Usually you're just getting to know like, okay, like, you know, you're getting like an elevator pitch of someone. They're really trying to sell themselves to you. Right. So, like, it's common for women who are infertile to not bring up on the first date, like, hey, I can't make kids because low key, if you bring that up on the first date, you sound kind of fucking crazy. And <laughs> likewise, I think it's okay to not bring up being trans on the first date because it's kind of like, I don't even know you. I don't even know if it matters. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't, we might not be intimate at all. And in which case, exactly. why would I fucking tell you? You don't need to know that shit. Um, right. The other thing is that it kind of weeds out the people who will be discriminated against, you know, you for being you, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I see it, yeah, and I respect that totally. And, and I definitely, like, one thing I also always tell people is, like, hey, if, if you, um, or, like, a, a similar argument is, like, is it transphobic to say you aren't attracted to trans people? That's... I think hmm. maybe people who have heard of like um, sexual racism is a very similar grounded topic where it's like, is it racist to exclude an entire group of people from your dating pool and say, I'm not attracted to that group of people. And like, hmm. for me, that's a gray area. I don't know. I, I, it is. <laughs> what do I you think, think a little bit, I, I would argue that I think in both the case of race and transness, um, it, uh, okay. So, <laughs> Let me, let me yeah. like wheel it back a little bit. So like, it is totally possible that you as an individual genuinely have a preference for one set of genitals. That That's totally possible. Mm-hmm. And, and right. I, I don't discount that at all. 
However, when somebody says I'm not attracted to trans people, yeah. that is putting a very diverse, massive yeah. group of people that like, how on earth could you possibly know that you're not attracted to all trans people? Right. Likewise. It's not the same as saying I don't like blondes or brunettes or as opposed to, you know, red hairs or whatever. Yeah. It's different. It's something else. Yeah, I totally understand. And, like, and yeah. similarly, like if somebody says like, I'm not attracted to like, excuse me if this is like the more salacious one to go to but if somebody says like i'm not attracted to black women like that right. reads pretty much as racism to me because i'm like right. right how can you exclude an entire group as diverse as black women from your dating yeah. pool without at least carrying some prejudice about what it means to be a part of that group exactly um, so like it's really common for people to be like oh well i would i'm not attracted to trans people i wouldn't want to date a trans person because like, I don't want to suck their dick or some shit like that. And I'm like, okay, right. kind of fucking weird for you to assume that any trans person would want you to suck their dick in the first place. Like, right. like <laughs> right there, even one, like you're assuming they have a dick and two, you're assuming that they want you to suck it. Like right. you're already, you're already off on the wrong foot, man. Yeah, exactly. Um, Zero for two here. <laughs> and then I think what really traps people is when you remind them that there are trans women and, and trans men who have had genital surgery that right. nude standing in front of you would be indistinguishable from a cis person. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And their yes. body parts would be functional. Yep. How can mm -hmm. you tell me that you're not attracted to trans women when there are trans women who have bodies that are identical to cis women? It's like, clearly yep. uh -huh. there is some prejudice going on there. I think usually what I try to catch people on is like showing them that they don't actually have a genital preference uh, because... If that were true, if they really just like vaginas and they love this person, they found out they had a vagina and they were trans, it wouldn't be an issue. But the thing is, they don't actually think of it like a vagina. They think you have some like penis soul or like male penis essence. <laughs> it's it's crazy, but it's true. Right. That's, yeah. that's the like paradigm oh. they're operating on. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting conversation. And I, and I also always tell people like, hey, look, if where you're at right now, is I can't date a trans person because I can't get past the fact that they're trans, then don't. Mm -hmm. Don't date a trans right. person. Exactly. The trans right. person deserves better than that. Exactly. Um, exactly. 100%. But like, if you're noticing that feeling in you, just like if you notice a feeling like I'm not attracted to black women, like, motherfucker, work on that shit. Like, that's weird that you are going <laughs> to yeah. lump a whole group of people into like, in, into like your prejudice assumptions about what that group is. Um, so like, yeah, I, I think, you know, if you're not attracted to trans people, I don't believe you, but <laughs> just because that, <laughs> but like to like work on that, yeah. like that's that's not a feeling you should just sit idly by and watch. Um, but I don't think, but people interpret that sometimes to me for me saying like, go out and fuck a trans person right now, and that's like absolutely not what I'm saying. Right. right. <laughs> I had discussions with well, not discussions, but but arguments with people on on TikTok that are transphobic, and mm -hmm. and I tell them, but I bet you a hundred percent that. If I show you some photos of trans women mixed with, you know, cis women, there's going to be a moment in which you're attracted to a, a trans woman without even knowing it. Yeah, 100%. No, it's like, so then you're a fucking transphobe then. It's not even, yeah, it's not even about the the attraction itself. It's just the, the stigma, the, the hate. Right. You know? Yeah. So since we're talking about this, um, not everybody understands really fully uh, what a trans person is. So yeah. in simple terms, how do you define a trans person? Yeah. So 
there is a lot of evidence that suggests the existence of what we would call a gender identity. And I would define, personally, a gender identity as a durable psychological construct, much like your sexuality or like your the hand you choose to you write with, your handedness, um, or like your personality. Okay. These are durable aspects of like your brain, your cognition that seem to be relatively persistent over time. Um, gotcha. And a trans person is simply a person whose gender identity is not does not match with their sex assigned at birth. So I think everyone uh, knows like most men are born with penises and they consider themselves men. Sometimes people are born with penises and they go, Oh, I'm pretty sure I'm actually a woman. I feel like a woman. And while I realize that that in and of itself can be kind of elusive and hard to like wrap your head around. um, The way I've described it is uh, what, what is a lot more clear for at least me personally and some trans people, though it's not the case for all trans people for sure, um, was like a very persistent awareness that um, I was definitely not a man. Like mm-hmm. um, whenever I tried to like hang out with guys or, you know, do guy talk or do or join a frat or whatever, <laughs> I felt very much like I was like the new kid at school again or like, uh, like I was at like yeah. a summer camp with a bunch of people I don't know, like, Mm-hmm. I, like they all have a way of communicating that I am not privy to, and it feels very fucking foreign to me, even though we speak the same language. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's um, it, it is kind of like I, I realized how like hard that is to like wrap your mind around if you aren't in the experience. But like, I, totally. I think it's when we talk about like um, you know, what makes a man, right? Like even even like a hundred years ago, I think most people would agree that if you had a man and like apologies for the people who have penises in the audience listening to this, but if you like loft their dick and balls off, right? You've got a person with nothing but a flat surface down there. They had a whole life before that. I don't think they stopped being a man. Like right. their yeah. values, their sense of self, all of that is going to remain constant. Um, their genitals, their chromosomes, their like, you know, secondary sex characteristics, aren't really relevant to the person's sense of self. Um, That seems to be a different construct that presumably evolved over a very long time to help us engage in social situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it it just seems to be the case that they're the construct of, uh, you know, sex in our biology and how we sort of map out people that we can see externally and how people internalize themselves seem to be two different um, uh, uh, poles or axes or mm-hmm. two different like mechanisms all together and uh sometimes they don't go together and yeah, that's and yeah. I, I think the the hardest part i think for people is to like separate sex and gender mm-hmm. for sure so yeah. um but yeah thank you for I, explaining that for us yeah I, I think it's also worth mentioning that like um while definitely sex and gender are different and like i think people will hear like, oh, sex isn't binary and gender's not binary. And they'll be like, but like almost everyone I've ever met was just a man or just a woman or just a male or just a female. So like in like statistics, I'm sure like uh, y'all who are probably as chronically online as I am, sorry to assume, uh, (laughs) uh, I've heard of like what we call um, like a bimodal distribution, which means Uh across a graph, there are two points that most of the data points tend to concentrate on but just right. not all of them. Uh, and when it comes to like biology, 
there are very, very, very few things, if any, that are uh, that are binary like that, that are strictly one way or strictly another. In fact, mm. I think part of the reason that we like, you know, have been able to see such diversity in life is because like biology is very diverse and very fluid. Yeah. I, I mean, I know just me, like weird fact about my body. I have an extra fucking uh, uh, spinal thingy. Uh, it's called like an L6 or something. I have an extra little node in my spine. Oh, shit. Uh, so like like humans are weird, bodies are weird, yes. brains are weird, and they uh, they exist on like many different axes that intersect and overlap. And yep, yeah, just kind of like acknowledging that people have the right to like determine, uh, like you know, taking a, like a measurement of like how they feel, the society they live in, and like whether or not you know transition or not transition or maybe just social transition would benefit them. Um, mm-hmm. And all of the evidence seems to suggest that uh, this group of people, trans people who have really high rates of like suicide and depression and things like this, mm. what really helps yeah. them is being affirmed in their gender, being given right. access to care without too many hurdles, um, being able to access good documents, having family and uh, uh, employers and community leaders who validate them. Those are like the factors that seem the most significant and improving these people's quality of life. And really, it's such like a nothing thing for the rest of us to do, right? If someone's like, hey, like basically you don't have to change your life. Just remember that in the future, my name is this, my pronouns are she, her. Like that right. that's the only right. impact it has on anyone else. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Hopefully that was so although although those things may seem insignificant to a lot of people it matters a lot to trans people, you know, as just asking someone's pronouns that shows that you are being inclusive and that you actually care about their identity and their expression. Totally. I think also the, one of the things that I know pronouns seem like they do, like you're right. I think to a lot of people, they do seem like a silly thing. Um, I think people really underestimate how much like freedom that would give them to though, uh, even if they don't choose to adopt like different pronouns, making it commonplace to be like, to ask someone their pronouns, like uh, the humans are uh, like, we, we tend to like kind of wear masks in a lot of social situations and giving people the freedom to just kind of be like, Hey, like whoever you are right now is okay. Like, just let me know and yeah. I'll be there with you is I, I think that goes a exactly. long way for a lot of people to be like, Hey, if I don't, I don't have to feel trapped in like situation A or B. Uh, you know, you have the autonomy to self-determine uh, your like your understanding of things. Uh, Empowerment, right? Yes. You're empowering the other person to be who they are. Yeah. And knowing that they're in a safe space. Yeah. Right. For sure. I, I will say so there's that, some funny. Uh, yeah. If you want to, well, like a little giggle about like a trans culture thing. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> When it comes to asking pronouns, something that happens to us all the time. Um, Also, if you're listening, I'm not telling you you're a bad person if you've ever done this. I swear on my life. I'm just saying. uh, Uh Uh-oh. When you ask pronouns, make sure you ask them to everyone at the table. Or Mm. don't ask. Or pull the person aside and ask them privately. Mm. Never, ever, ever sit at a table. Look at the person who you suspect is trans and say, what are your pronouns? Because basically what that does is tells them like, hey, if you thought you were passing, you're not. I know you're trans. And anyone at the table who never even noticed, now they're fucking noticing. Oh, no. 
Yeah, oh, that yeah, happens all the time. <laughs> Thank you for pointing that out. I can't recall a situation. I, I may have been guilty of that, actually. Yeah, same, I, I don't same. know. Um, it happened. I'm learning. I'm learning. Because one is trying to be respectful, but at the same time doesn't realize they're putting the person in the spot. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, part of me is also like, you know, it's probably better to make them briefly uncomfortable than to like refer to them with the wrong pronouns or something. But totally. generally speaking, I think it's better to like, if you are not sure about someone's pronouns, like do your best to avoid it and like pull them aside and be like, hey, I want to be respectful to you in this conversation, but I don't know your pronouns. and I don't want to out you in front of everyone. If you do that to a trans person, oh my God, they're going to think you're like the like biggest savior because you're not like doing it in front of everyone and embarrassing them. Are you Jesus? Oh no. <laughs> So what are some other things that we can do, I guess, as a society um, to be more inclusive and respectful mm. and, you know, um, open up the doors? Well, we are going through a period of time right now, which is um, not unexpected. Uh, we've seen this with a lot of other civil rights movements where they, oh, they yeah. gain a lot of traction. And because of the traction, there is a period of backsliding in their rights. Uh, we're going yeah. through that right now with trans people. We're having a lot of states uh, against, you know, the international medical community's advisement uh, enact laws that would forcibly detransition uh, teenagers who are currently accessing care. As we speak, teenagers in Alabama are being forced to go through their endogenous puberty because of Fuck. hateful mm. lawmakers, um, changes that will be with them for the rest of their life that could like really I traumatize hate that them. shit, yo. I fucking hate it. So, How politics is so involved in a person's rights, you know, it pisses me off. Yeah, it, yep. it does. And it, that it should. Ugh. And I think, um, I don't know if I have like advice as far as like little things we can do to like help trans yeah. people feel comfortable, but uh, I will say right now what trans people need is uh, one, like if trans people are in states that are targeted, um, they probably need help uh, either getting access yeah. to care or getting out of that state. And yeah. uh, if that's not mm -hmm. what they need right now, uh, they need you to show up and vote. And uh, yes. I, I, I totally feel the sentiment deeply with people who are like, well, we elected Democrats and this shit is happening with Roe and to trans people and like, our, our country is devolving and we elected all the right people. I totally understand the sentiment, but um, what these laws are happening in states where locally Republicans were elected. And right. so you mm -hmm. need to, you need to get out and vote. Um, I, I think even apathy towards voting is uh, like a flagrant, like willing, like disrespect and willingness to just watch trans people suffer uh, at this point. So, okay. I, I definitely I stand on the the voting soapbox a lot and like showing up at protests um, yes. stuff like that where you can find it granted it's hard to get involved in some of those communities but like if you go to like your state house on like a lot of days like there's protests that happen at state house in like every capital city like yes. all the time just show up and talk to people you'll start to meet people um, yeah that, that's a great way to get involved as well um of course you know i can tell you call your senator and all that stuff but um mm -hmm. yeah. and that, that that's helpful to a certain extent but uh yeah i think uh, trans people really right now we need less of the platitudes and we need to see uh our family members action. and our loved ones uh, voting and taking action against what's right. happening to us right walk the walk yes, yes. very much so <laughs> 
What? Thank you. So yeah. I've, uh, I have a fun question. Do yeah. you have a favorite caller from any of the shows that you've been on, either like AXP or trans- like your own show? Like, is there a favorite caller that you have? Actually, yes. There was, uh, yeah, right away. There was a caller. I, I'm blanking on his name, but um, he called in and told us about uh, his daughter who mm-hmm. uh, came out to him when she was like maybe 11 or so and started transition. And uh, he was like confused, but he took her to like professionals and he was like the professionals say to support her and to do this. So I'm going to follow this care. And um, after like a year and a half, I think it was like she had taken like a month of testosterone or something. She was on puberty blockers before it. She decided that she didn't think she was trans anymore and um, detransitioned. But the guy called in to be like, I, I just, he was like, he was, he cried talking about how like he saw what trans people went through in that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I, even though my Mm -hmm. daughter detransitioned, like I know the majority don't and, and was just very emotionally clearly convicted by what he saw his kid go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that really moved me because I mean, one daddy issues, uh, but two, um, <laughs> twinsies. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, but it was, it was just like I, a lot of trans people. I think probably almost most of us have lost a parent in this mm-hmm. or lost like a family. If you didn't lose a yeah. parent and, um, Hearing a dad that even though his kid detransitioned and wasn't even actually trans was like, I saw it. I saw the pain and I recognize it and I want to like be involved and I want to. He was like going to keep doing activism even though his daughter detransitioned. And I was like, that's wow. that's huge. Like yes. e- even nowadays, yeah. my dad doesn't even believe that like you know, he, he quote unquote doesn't agree with it, whatever that means. Uh, and this person's dad saw his kid transition for like a year and be like nah and was like holy fuck i gotta do all this activism like that's i think it was just beautiful to that's see amazing who, yeah who really got it like really cared about what he saw happening in the country i think that it just really moved me um because we most of the time from cis people uh they'll recognize what's going on but um you know when it's not happening to you it's hard to feel the urgency uh so to see that like the urgency was communicated was uh cool. Right. Right, right. Yeah. That's amazing. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> he was a very very sweet guy. Uh, he's called in a couple times. I think he's doing his own thing now. I'm not I'm not oh. entirely sure, but uh yeah, yeah, it was cool. Um really really inspiring call cuz I I all of my activism is always about like I don't want kids to have to go through what I went through. Right, um, right. Like Obviously, I can't protect every child or anything like that, but mm-hmm. like minimizing as much as I can the amount of people who uh, struggle with the stuff that I struggled with is just really important right. to me. And it's beautiful to see parents that are like just full force behind their kids. I think right. there's like nothing more moving than that to me. Yes. Um, so uh, speaking of, do you know uh, offhand um, – if if kids are struggling is there like an organ organization website that, that they can go to to get help um so i i don't think there is a single organization i will say if you're on twitter which uh every trans person that's ever lived automatically gets a twitter account it's the rule <laughs> um, <I love> that. <laughs> uh erin in erin in the morn erin in the morning uh, I can't remember her handle. Um, she's 
yes, Erin in the Morn, um, Erin Reed, she does a bunch of uh, posting about uh, like where the laws are. She does a mm-hmm. bunch of threads of people who are like have GoFundMe's trying to get support to get out of states. Uh, she's got an informed consent HRT map, mm-hmm. um, which that's just uh, um, access to hormones without having to get like a psychological evaluation. There, there okay. are clinics that will say like these are the potential risks and benefits of this treatment and like do you agree uh so they're, they're really trying to like democratize access to trans health care mm-hmm. um the aclu does a lot of coverage of trans rights stuff um chase strangio uh is a lawyer who i believe works with the aclu a trans person who uh, uh he also does a lot of coverage of um trans rights stuff so those are some good ways to at least get plugged into the information. And I think from there, you'll probably find a lot more resources, but yeah, no, unfortunately there's not like a, like a single organization that does that kind of distributing money. Right. Oh shit. Yeah. I know here in my local area, there is a transgender resource center and there's also a clinic um, where I actually used to work myself. It's an HIV clinic, but they also have a transgender clinic and they Mm. do, um, um, transitioning, you know, hormone replacement and all that stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's good supports here, but not all states have the same, you know, mm. not every a community has the same. Yeah. It, there are a it lot sucks. of communities where like the, you know, nearest informed consent clinic or a clinic that would even just give them hormones at all, even with like a yep. proper evaluation are really far yep. away. Um, especially in like more of like the southern states and more rural areas it becomes a lot more difficult to access uh trans care uh which like similarly to like you know making abortion or like prohibition or things like that doesn't stop trans people from accessing care what it does is drives them to get their care from the black market which has a lot of risks Mm -hmm. um so definitely it's it's funny when these laws come in and people are like, ah, oh, this will help protect anyone. It's like, no, it's just going to make people get what they want, but be more risky about it, which is going right. to hurt more people in the long run. Yep. Yeah. It's always those conservative Jesus loving states. Pro-lifers, you know? my ass. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. God. Right. Like fucking yay. such a lie. Those <laughs> hypocrites. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, like, I'm so curious how, you're on OnlyFans, right? Yeah. (laughs) We don't mind talking about that. That's the name of her handle on Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. It says art it is not OnlyFans. (laughs) Yeah. I love it. (laughs) How's that experience been for you? Uh, It has been super fucking awesome, actually. Um, That's amazing. Nice. I've done sex work for, like, three and a half years now Mm, yeah okay um but before that i was before OnlyFans, i was doing uh cam work on uh there's a a service that streams to all of the major like streaming platforms um called streamate and that's like pornhub live like live jasmine all these like were the really big uh live streaming Mm -hmm. sex stuff uh those all come from streamate um so i did that for a while and i also did full service stuff for a little bit um uh, but then in the past, it was June of last year, actually, so almost a year, I started doing OnlyFans, and it has been super awesome. Uh, nice. I So when you do sex work, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's not a surprise to people that you often have to do things you don't maybe necessarily 
they're, they're not on the tips no. of things that I would do for myself with a partner. You don't see yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but with OnlyFans, well, the, there is that to some extent. Like, you know, you, you want to cast a wide net and appeal to a large audience. So sure, you're going to do some of that stuff. Right, but right. there is way more. Um, I I have to do stuff that makes me uncomfortable, like a, a tiny fraction of the time compared to right. I get to do stuff that I'm like, this is stuff that I like that I'm into that makes me like feel good in my body or yeah. with like a partner. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I, I've I've made way more on OnlyFans than I did anywhere else. Um, mm. so awesome. yeah. good for you. Yeah, it's it's incredible i think um uh, only fans has a really good opportunity if they don't fuck it up with trying to appeal to they uh, almost like, fucked it up a while back they almost did, did. It's like how the fuck are you gonna take away the your mainstream of oh my god come on they realized yeah. really oh, quickly gosh the, <laughs> the democratization of um of that sex work in the sense that like that getting into it literally all you need is like a valid id um, yes yeah right uh right well so like anyone can do it and anyone can well i will say having a platform before i got on obviously helped me tremendously i, I don't want people to get like false hope that they're yeah. going to start and they're going to suddenly make thousands of dollars and it's going to be amazing right. it, it, you do have to work like hard to maintain followers um but like yeah it's just the the ease of access to uh, work that can be way more fulfilling, way less dangerous, way less degrading. Um, just mm -hmm. on every dimension, it is safer, yes. more enjoyable, and I, I and I make more money. So there's there's like awesome. I just on every metric, it's better than any other kind of <laughs> sex work that I've done. So I mm -hmm. definitely am a huge fan of OnlyFans. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, a while back, uh, when I was in my twenties, I was on Chatterbait for yeah, like yep. two months or so and I, and I did decently like well like not not bad and then uh last year because I, I was unemployed for about six months or so I I hopped on OnlyFans and like I, I didn't have the fall like if I had my because on TikTok I've I've gotten banned like seven times but if <laughs> if I if I had my main account that I originally had I had like 26,000 followers and if I had that main account still I think I would have been like a lot better at it um, as oh, far as yeah. like, you know, but um, I don't do it anymore. But I, I enjoyed myself. I really did because I, I love cosplay. So yeah, like, I really yeah. I incorporated that or at least tried to. Um, but it, it was fun. I, I had a blast. So and I, I made made enough to to get by for those months that you know I was uh, out of work. But yeah, no, I I fucking love OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. It. Oh my god. It, it's so awesome. I. Like, and every person, every other creator that I've met on there, it's been, like, there have been some instances that were maybe not as, like, comfortable as others, but mm. nothing like when I was doing full-service sex work. Like, I, everyone has been, like, like, especially on, like, Twitter, and I'm obviously, I've just barely dipped my tiny toe into the TikTok water. It terrifies the <laughs> shit out of me. Right. But, like, uh, Twitter, I'm all in, and, like, every, every OnlyFans girl on Twitter is constantly gassing the fuck out of everyone every other only fans girl on twitter which i think is so cool like yes the just support Ugh. yeah we're all working together you know i think we all see we all know what each other deals with and right. we all like right. Right. want each other to have the easiest time possible so like everyone's like give me like a free sub and i will like like every single picture you have to like drive up your likes or whatever that's right. awesome um, yeah have you had any like harassment at all on only fans or no um 
<laughs> I don't know if uh, I get too much harassment. Okay. I, I do get a lot of, like, this is why I kind of joked earlier about, like, oh, the dudes who say they're not in trans women probably are super into trans women. Because, right. like, I get oh, so course. many people every single day who are, like, oh, my God, I'm, like, straight. And I have, like, I just think you're really hot. And, like, oh, my God, I just want to, like, I don't know. <laughs> that That's kind of, like, uncomfy or whatever. But, right, right. Um, yeah. I, wait, I'm sorry. I totally missed the fucking, what, what was what, what, <laughs> I somehow got Harassed off the Yeah. You know, what's funny, though, the funny part about that, though, is that you don't have to be homosexual to be attracted to a trans woman because a trans woman is a exactly. woman. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I totally agree. The, the only reason that they ever say that, and I will stand by this, I've done this so many times that, like, I, I can read the meaning behind all of the words in, in sex work industry. Mm-hmm. It, it's 100% that they just they want to put their mouth on dick and and it makes them confused and like right. most of the time they yeah. like girls but they still want to suck dick and they're like i don't know what that means and i'm like <laughs> i don't know what that i don't know man means. i'm oh. not in your fucking head you tell me what that means <laughs> oh my god that's awesome <laughs> yeah i mean like it could mean you just want to suck dick it could mean, mean you're gay it could mean you're bi i don't fucking know like right. Like just suck a dick and figure it out. <laughs> That's like the new model, and I fucking love that. <laughs> I mean... Get that tattooed, you know. <laughs> suck a dick and figure it out. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good. I love, I love it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, yeah. I guess you really asked if I get harassed. Like, no, not really. I like, there's uncomfortable stuff for sure, but there mm-hmm. there's not really harassment. Like. Sometimes people will like talk about uh like my partner or like uh or like like my uh the people I do other internet shows with they'll like bring them up and mm-hmm. that's always super weird because I'm like okay if this person isn't on OnlyFans you will absolutely not talk about them in my DMs that's super right. fucking weird like right. yeah. I I don't want to be responsible for you like feeding in like. I, I think it's fine if you like have a fantasy about someone you think they're cute and you want to like touch yourself. I, I'm not your mom. I'm not gonna like police you over that. <laughs> but like, right. but like you're not gonna do that here. I'm not gonna like facilitate you yeah. like putting someone that I know personally into your fantasy without like them consenting to that situation. Right. Mm, right. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> well, shit. <laughs> Arden, it's been amazing. Thank yes, you. It's been a pleasure. So Ugh. fucking much. Yeah, so much fun. You are awesome, and we would love oh, to have thanks. you back. I think yes, you guys definitely. are both awesome. I'm so oh, it was so nice you. to meet you, and it's so cool to like connect. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry it, he was so annoying. I I tried. I tried to calm him true. down. You gotta, you gotta try harder. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I was mildly pleasant in person. <laughs> I tried. That's. I always want to be mildly pleasant. That's what mildly I want to be. It's like as far as I go, it's mildly pleasant, you know. Yeah, that's the limit, one hundred percent. That's my limit. God damn it! I was so when we were having drinks on that rooftop, I was so fucking tired. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, it was so late, and we was... had to walk so fucking far to get there from the hotel. I I was oh I know I was so confused. I thought it was they were like next door. There's like this one big Same. building, and y'all oh, just no, go it's there. Two fucking miles. Like yeah, we have to walk two miles to what's not even like. One event where we're all gonna be. It's like 15 different bars that everyone is spread out across. 
And I'm like, we yeah. we only got to the same ones because like some of us were like pre-planning to hang out with each other. But like if we hadn't, yep. I, I feel yep. like I would have just wandered around there alone and then gone back to my room. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah, like for for if somebody would have gone maybe by themselves, it would have been harder because they would have to just basically run into someone, right, and hang out with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was weird. It was yeah, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it was. It's been fantastic getting to know you in person, and now we got to connect. So this is super yes. cool. Yeah, it was um, so much fun. Thank you for where having can me. we find you? Where can people find you? Yeah, well, as I said earlier. Uh, trans people automatically get handed a Twitter account when they're born. So uh, the best <laughs> place to find me is on Twitter at the Arden Heart. But I'm also at the Arden Heart on like literally everything. So you will find me there if you look for the Arden Heart. Altogether, there's no underscore or anything. Right. The Arden Heart. Yep. The Arden okay. Heart altogether. No underscore. And then also the Transatlantic. Um, yeah. The Transatlantic Colin Show, which is on show. Uh, the it's on the line on YouTube. So if you type in the line, our logo is like a little yellow circle with a phone on it. Um, and our and Transatlantic uh, is one of a couple shows on that network. We uh, air usually it's uh, Thursday nights at five PM Central Time. Although uh, for the next two or three weeks, I think we're airing at six PM Central Time. So there's a little bit of a change there, but it's usually pretty consistent. <laughs> Okay, awesome. Yeah. All right. And we wanted to remind our listeners that we do have a merch store. If you go to the Burning Eden Podcast.com, you can check out the merch store. There is a t shirt of Mel fucking Jesus in the ass. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> also, if you're a simp, I mean, a fan of our content, like what we do, please consider supporting us. You can do so by going to anchor.fm slash Burning Eden 666 and clicking on the support button. We would like to thank William, Robin, Kit, and Chico for supporting us. <laughs> and you can choose a monthly amount you want to help us with. It could be 99 cents for all we care, as long as you share the joy of Bath and Mel with your loved ones or your hated ones, whichever way, you know, yeah. you choose to utilize. All the above. Us. Uh, <laughs> and leave us a spicy message please please, please. come on please Ugh. we'll use the audio as an intro to one of our episodes Ooh. yes oh, maybe, yeah. maybe yeah. later we'll see something. maybe arden wants to do that yeah, I was gonna say, I'm, I'm gonna have to go make a submission okay. <laughs> <laughs> and i think you can do that through spotify there's an option or if you just go to the uh anchor.fm slash burning in 66 there is a little button that says leave message. Yes. And don't forget to rate us five stars, no less, on Spotify no less as well. Yeah. <laughs> and we also have uh, the Twitters. Uh, the Twitters? We have one for the podcast, at Bath and Mel. We, and then we have our personal ones. Uh, mine is Mel, at Mel Tree Fitty. And uh, this asshole's is Bath and Metal 666. Bitch. <laughs> God. You love me. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> And because we are safe, we are going to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One more time. Thank you so much. Send you a big hug through the microphone. Yes. Boom, boom, oh. boom, 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 boom. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Uh, that is what the Lord wants. Amen. 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 Amen.